Yo. Oh, is that you? Of course it's me, dude. I don't pull practical jokes on you. I keep that for the halal, halal restaurant occasions that you and I want to do. Mate, you're such a tech, tech guru, mate. You know, like, I've never heard of this thing. That's it. Are you sat in your penthouse bathroom suite or something? It sounds awful echoey. Because I'm in my kitchen. Yeah, that is a lot better. I'm in my kitchen too because I'm a domestic kind of guy and I'm facing <laughs> a huge pile of dishes. I like to work in the kitchen. Do you know why? There's why? food. You can you can make yourself a coffee quickly. You know, there's no bed to kind of lie down in or a sofa. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite good actually to work in the kitchen. I, oh, hold on, hold on. I love your definition of a good workplace. It doesn't have a bed. So I can't just be tempted to just fucking fall asleep in the middle of my work. I know, I know. It's, um, yeah, that's what happens. Like, um, if you work in the bed, you know, like my last office is like where I worked from before. It was like desk and then bed. It was like mm, too tempting just to jump into bed. But yeah. Especially if you work with somebody really hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it doesn't work either. They just get they 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 run out. Yeah, rightly they run out. Here, look. Here's an amazing thing that happened. Have you? Because kitchen reminds me. Yeah. I was trying to do the dishwasher earlier before I started coaching work, and a pint glass got knocked. Right. So I knocked a pint glass. We've got a slate kitchen floor. It's absolutely magical how it breaks stuff. Right. But this pint glass flies through the air, and it bounces. I have never seen this. It bounced back up nearly to the height of the worktop. And I'm like, this is magical. The universe has completely switched how it operates. Glass yeah, does not yeah. break on a solid floor. And then what happened? Smart. Yeah, man. It broke on the floor like a goddamn nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You're actually right about that. Sometimes, see at the club, right? Maybe I, somebody, if I drop a bottle on the floor... Yeah, and it hits the ground, and if you catch it, it doesn't smash, right? Yeah, but it's always that second. You no, know, if it hits the ground and bounces, and it hits the ground again, it always smashes. It's like, eh? Why is it the second hit that always? I've always wondered. Well, it's it's the universe giving you a chance to catch it on the first bounce. Yeah, but if you miss the chance, you're screwed. Yeah, it's weird, is it? Could be, could be like a, a comedy night where no, because you, you've only got one chance, haven't you? If you'll have seen so many comedians bomb, like what goes wrong when they bomb? What is it that causes a comedian who can usually kill to bomb? The ones that bomb um, is the ones that um, don't really. The ones that bomb are the ones that are trying to be somebody else, and the audience are like, "Well, you're trying to, you know." They want to see that person. Um, they also bomb as well because they get stuck on their words. So, like, they've got it all in their head and it's not coming out properly. Hmm. Um, and also, the ones that bomb are sometimes they don't they don't read the crowd. So, in their head, they're telling a joke, right? And they think that's really funny. Yeah, and then if the um, if the audience don't laugh, 
they're like, oh, they get stuck. They're like, oh, they're expecting a laugh. Yeah. Um, but comedians I've use tactics. Oh, go on, the, experience, the experienced comedians, you know, they they have always they've always got Plan Bs. You know, if they don't laugh, they then go okay. They some like one comedian sometimes even de- does it deliberately. He'll maybe tell a joke right, and he'll get no laughs, and he'll go right. Then he'll turn around to the audience and go, goes, "Oh, I'm not using that joke again. I thought it was funny." <laughs> you know, you, you, do you know what I mean? So they yeah. make a joke of, um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just sometimes um, doesn't happen a lot though. You know what I mean? I I think there's I've got a theory on that. I think that if nobody laughs, you just have to push into it even harder. And one way you could do it is to go, oh, that was shit. Like, I thought that was funny. And then just carry on. But as yeah. you say, the last thing you want to do is look like it's rattled you. Because the audience really doesn't want a comedian that's rattled, do they? Like, they don't, they don't want you to fail. They want it to be good. And they want to laugh. That's why they're there. That's why they paid to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, it tends to happen. Um, yeah. They want to laugh. But you just need to make them laugh. You know, like, the one thing is never turn on the audience for laugh, not laughing. I've seen a comedian turn around to the audience and goes, you're a shit audience and stuff like that. And it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Really? Also, also, it's like, um, always remember the first two minutes, you have to capture them. You know, that has to be funny. Don't think, oh, I'm going to make shit and build my way up. Because by... By that time, they might not have actually. Um, they might have lost. You know, you've lost the crowd. Yeah. And also, the other side is make sure you end on a high. Do a Usain Bolt. You know, leave when you're on top, and know when to leave. Sometimes a comedian, right? He'll might. Um, he's dying to get that big clap at the end, you know. And because he's he's not getting it, and he's trying, <laughs> he's he's coming out with new stuff. Just quit. Just come off. Just be like, "We got me done." Thank you for it. And always say, always say a, a few. There's a few things that comedians do as well. They, at the end of their set, they turn. It's like a reverse psychology they use. So they they turn around to the crowd and say, "You've been a great audience. Give yourself a round of applause." And what? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then yeah. what happens is they're all cheering, not realizing that they're. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like Um, it. Good good advice, man. There's a book in there. I reckon there's a Naz Breakneck Comedy for Beginners book. Because yours is like, you're not trying to pretend to be a comedian, but you've seen a hell of a lot of comedians in your time. So you've learned a lot of lessons just from watching what works and what doesn't work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I know. It's... um... The thing about the thing about comedians now as well, there are a lot of them are now doing their own shows, and because they do their own shows, this is like a fault, you know, because every single person in that room already knows the person, the comedian, so it's easier for them. Like for example, Jimmy Carr is doing a show; he knows every single like every single person in that room has seen his videos, follow him. They specifically came to see him. So he doesn't really need to work that hard. He just needs to, you know, tell us anything. Like he goes to the stage and will say hello, and they're all laughing because it's him. It's they like him though. 
And surely that is the key for any comedian, even a total Bob basic beginner like yeah. me doing it for the first time, is you've got to be likable. That's why it fits into what you say. Oh. If you get up there and slag off the audience for not laughing, well, that's not going to work because how does that ever win a friend? If you think about it, if you... Um, this, is what, this is the problem, right? You stick Jimmy Carr into somewhere like Bangladesh, a coffee <laughs> club, right? They don't, they've never seen him. They've never heard of him. Yeah. They might be so a lot of them might be offended and walk out. You know what I mean? So, but then that's a good thing. This is where the comedian needs to re- remember. Actually, if you really want to like critique your own set, don't do it in an audience that knows you, because that's like that's like going to a football match and all your fa- friends and family are in the audience. You know what I mean? Because they're like. Um, They'll obviously support you no matter what, you know what I mean? But you want the average Joe to laugh at it. So that's why comedy clubs are good, because there's a mixture of comedians. Um, so if it's going, you know, it's a real it's a real reflection of what people are doing. Yeah, it's a test. It's a, re- it's a more realistic test, because there's less likely to be a massive loyal crowd for only yeah. one person. And even, like, the folk that are buying tickets that know me, they're not buying it because they know me as a comedian, though. They're buying it because they're connected to me on LinkedIn or they might know me yeah. through some business thing. So there's, although there's an element of, you could call it loyalty, but I, really, I think a lot of them will just be interested. And some of them will be hoping a bomb on my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, won't, they won't tell it to your face. They'll come up to you afterwards and post things saying, oh, great. It's hard. This is why sometimes people that you know becomes... It becomes a false, you know what I mean? It's, it's a false, if I get the word, it's a false reality when, you know, like a bunch of people might turn up to your show, hate it, but then go to your face, oh, it was great, you know, and that, yeah. you know, like, don't believe it, just kind of trust your own. I'll trust um, the last one. The only thing I'll trust is if, if people are laughing, because people are not going to bother faking laughing. So if, if you get zero laughs in five or yeah. 10 minutes, you know, you know, it didn't work, which is the way it goes. And I, I've said that in a couple of LinkedIn posts, and I mean it, mate. And that is, if I totally bomb and don't even get one laugh, it's just going to yeah. be the best, best story to tell about how awkward that was. <laughs> Imagine the awkwardness, 10 silent minutes. Holy shit. Go, go in with the pressure that there's no pressure. Just go in knowing that you might bomb. Or you might do okay, you know what I mean? And then see what happens, you know what I mean? And the thing is, a lot of comedians, actually, when they started out, do bomb, you know what I mean? Um, they don't... There's some amazing comedians that when they started out for years, the first couple of years, they didn't know how to do it properly. And then it just... Um, it just comes... But I think... Um, I think on your show, you're going to have half the audience that are there to see it, and the other half don't care. They're just wanting, they're there for a comedy night. And if the other half are laughing as well, you're quitting, you know what I mean? You know you're doing a good job. So whichever half it is. Uh, I, yeah. I am also saying to people when I do a post about it, I'm saying if you're easily offended, don't come, because people might make assumptions, because I'm, well, I do occasionally swear in posts, but they might make assumptions that I'll be fairly clean and whatever. Yeah. But that would be the wrong assumption to make because this is real rude, Thor, coming out to play for this gig. 
Yeah, it's like, um, I guess some people, some promoters are different, you know, because a lot of comedians come up to them afterwards and say, how do you think I do? And they want to be told that they've done great. Yeah. And um, this is why I like, do you know, like, Khabib, the UFC, do you know his dad? Even if this guy would maul people like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, he would beat everybody easily. And after the after the match, you know, everybody celebrating goes, "You're amazing!" And his dad would come up to him and say, "Yeah, you've done great, but you could have done this better, and you could have done this better, and you you, you know, like not everybody's like." It's what you're trying to tell me now is what you're trying to tell me is you're going to be Khabib's dad to me afterwards, even if I get some laughs and I'm feeling a bit too big for my boots. I'm just making some toast, by the way. And I'm feeling a bit too big for my boots. You're going to be like, oh, this was shit, this was shit, and you could have improved that. And that is good, dude, because that is actually what I would like. So, yeah. But if it depends what the person wants, you know? Like, like I've had people in business tell me I'm great and stuff like that, and I don't believe it, which is a good thing, because if I started believing it, I would sit in my arse thinking, oh, yeah, I've made it. I'm, I'm the best. And every time, every week goes by, I'm thinking, I don't actually think about the good stuff, like, some, you know, like, that I do. I just think about, oh, shit, how do I improve? I've done this. I should have done this better. And I think um, this is where the best, you know, the people are looking to always improve. They never go, oh, this is the best. They're like, okay, how do I make it better? And you just, I don't know how far it goes until, you know, I don't know. It's now, one of those now things. Something like a, now <laughs> something like a, a motivational speech you're writing, dude. I, I preferred your comedy advice. I'm, I'm going to have to re-listen to this and take a couple of notes of the uh, early part of our call. Yeah, man, I actually do have to jump because I've got a coaching call at 12. And yeah. I got to butter me a piece of marmalade and... <laughs> Crunchy peanut butter. It's golden roasted. Hey, Are you a peanut butter guy? I don't trust people that don't eat peanut butter. Um, I love peanut butter. Have you ever tried peanut butter in a cheeseburger? Try it. It just adds a different dimension to it. I don't well, know why. <laughs> it would have to be a, a halal cheeseburger, but more importantly than that for me, it would have to be a vegetarian halal cheeseburger because I don't eat meat, man. I haven't eaten meat for three years. No, it's all right. Halal... Do you know what? I've spoken to God already and he says, it's all right that you don't eat halal meat because I've given so many people a laugh over the years. I've got my golden <laughs> ticket to heaven. So he oh, says... Inshallah, Habibi. Inshallah, Habibi. Well, that's good news for you, but I don't have that permission. So I'm just going to keep on going with my vegetarian, which I think is halal, isn't it? I think both of us need to up our religious knowledge before we continue this conversation. <laughs> that's, to be yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, right, well, I get a proper I drink after the show. <laughs> we'll get a proper sesh after your show. Yeah, but don't worry, sure. don't worry too much about it. Just as long as you've got like something written down, make sure you practice it a few times. You know, just like any presentation, I'm guessing. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's not a business presentation, though. So, so good stuff for this stuff. Yeah, no, you'll be. I think you'll be all right, Thor. The only problem. Go on. The only pro I'll be quick, right? The the only problem as well is this is like a drug. People do it once, right? And 70% of people, once they do it once, they want to do it again and again and again. Well, that's not the worst drug to be on. It's better than a lot of the drugs I've had in my time. This, <laughs> one, this, is, 
relatively healthy, whereas most of the drugs I've had are probably not particularly healthy, certainly for my for my brain. Yeah. So that's interesting to hear that. I hadn't thought of that. Um. Yeah. And peanut butter should be kept in the fridge. That's another rule that you can judge someone's character by. If someone just puts their peanut butter into a larder or a cupboard, that's outrageous. That's I know, I know. Um, I, you must I was always, don't take this personally, right? But I, I was always a bit skeptical when somebody says that they're a business coach. And well, I thought, oh, no, 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 no. just to clarify, that's fine. I don't take it personally because I don't say I'm a business coach. No, but like, I <laughs> no, but I've actually, because um, I used to be one of those, oh, how can you, you know, I used to think like this. I used to be like, mm, business coach, I don't know. Like, I just didn't see the value in it. I just thought, oh, because I had a few people asking, oh, I'd, I can offer to be your coach or something, right? Hmm. And I always just kind of declined. I was like, no, I'm not interested. And then, during the pandemic, I took on a fitness coach mm-hmm. and I realized, wait a minute, what a difference having somebody just pushing you makes. And so I don't know, maybe I will once I've got the money, obviously. That's true. You, my... you look amazing, dude. Your fitness coach has pumped you up, yeah. man. Your shoulders right. are looking incredible. I'm sorry about the bromance here, but I, I, yeah. that needs to be said. Yeah, and um, it comes down to. I mean, I could, I can't push myself unless, I, like, when I go to the gym, I'm just doing easy things, you know, just like. But see, when I've got a coach and stuff, mm-hmm. they're pushing you and you're shouting at you and telling you that you're fat and you, you know, it's, it, it really works. <laughs> you're and um, punch you because I, I I'm not so sure about you being able to take a punch. But we started having a bit of a spar behind your bar the other night. You didn't seem so keen to take the shots. What was that all about? You need to work on that with your PT, dude. And I was also really skeptical of fitness coach. If, unless they were fit, I thought a fitness coach needed to be somebody that was fit. And obviously, you know, like, you know, but my fitness coach, honestly, is about 70 years old. And he knows everything about everything, you know, like every little workout. Now, I've, just... I've got one name to give you. Costa Amato, yeah. Mike Tyson's coach. He would have been in his 70s when he brought ah, Mike yeah. to fame. It's not about the dude being the fittest or the lady being the fittest. Yeah, yeah. Same as with a business coach, I would say. This whole idea that you have to be top of whatever the game. It would be like saying, oh, I can't I can't listen to a doctor's advice because the doctor doesnn't have 100% perfect health. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Same, but all no. human. Right, I got to jump, man. I got to jump. Okay, mate. Love you, brother. Love you. See you, mate. Shukran, baby. Shukran. <laughs> Salam alaikum. <laughs>